So now that I'm recording, it's the perfect time to yawn. <laughs> it's always a perfect time to yawn. It's always a good time for yawning. Well, that's true, probably. I have been feeling like sleeping all day recently. And for a person like me who deals with depression, that sounds like a, a depression symptom, but it doesn't feel like a depression symptom to me. It feels like, ooh, sleep is so nice. Why don't I just go back to sleep, Joel? Uh, you know. Yeah, I had that thought this morning where I was like, I dangerously close to sleeping in too late, but I wasn't really, it's not that I was even tired. I was just so cozy and comfortable and I just wanted to stay there. Yeah. That's the kind of, I don't, I don't know. Why, why am I getting out of bed? What, what's going on here? Why is the world <laughs> not paying me to be in bed? Yeah. I, this morning was rough because like, oh, I have to get back to my uh, school schedule of uh, schoolwork, then work, then schoolwork again. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's misery. Well, it's like having a break is so nice, like going on vacation, getting time away, and just being able to enjoy your time. And then as soon as you get back, just being like, oh, man, it makes it like that much worse. You have to rip the band-aid off and go back to normal life. Isn't it weird that I just, just I don't, I've been waiting my whole life for a vacation to be a reset. Like, <laughs> oh, I've recharged my batteries and now I can live you know, working the way I have for another year or whatever until I, I, yeah. I get enough time accrued that I can take a real vacation. And it's like, it doesn't work. It never has. There's too many financial stresses. There's too many social stresses that it's like you can't chill out. And, and you know, now during pandemic times, of course, it's extra crappy to even consider going to like i don't know disney world what kind of crazy person would consider to do that uh, well, uh, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like even when i'm on vacation i because i can i can work where from wherever like i always have my emails and all my equipment with me so it's like even if i'm on vacation i still feel like i have to check everything because i'm like well it's just gonna be terrible when i go back so if i if i chisel away at it but it's like, no, this is supposed to be vacation. It's just weird. Yeah. Indeed. So the work life home life it's in <laughs> doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Uh what if I open a restaurant though? <laughs> With the uh, I don't know, is that guy my best friend? I don't know. He's the chef. And I am I was dating a stripper, and we broke up, although she broke up with me, but I tell everybody I broke up with her, it was time. Mm -hmm. And, well, okay, based on the previous David Spade conversation we mm -hmm. had, I guess this isn't far-fetched for David Spade, because you were saying he had, he has children with a Playboy model? Yes. Okay. He, he got around... Well, I mean, I guess he still does, but, like, you know, he was... The... He was Pete Davidson of his time. Right. <laughs> yes. Let us... <laughs> <laughs> I want a t-shirt that has David Spade's face on it, and underneath it says Pete Davidson of his time. <laughs> That's real good. Uh, hi, listener. I know you were listening to our private conversation, and I want you to know that we all 
think that you're violating our what? Where's this Fifth going? Amendment rights? What? Okay. <laughs> I'm just making up stuff. I don't. I don't know. We're talking about a movie. Yeah, I'm Spencer. Before I forget to do that. Oh yeah, don't don't people just automatically know who we are? Okay, he's Spencer. I'm Joel. I'm Melanie. And you're probably gonna be able to hear my dog because he's sitting right next to me. Oh. Goblin. Goblin. Yeah. He That's just cute. They make great <laughs> soundtracks. <laughs> or scores, I guess. Uh. Yeah, so uh, Arbitrary Indiscriminate Movie Podcast. We're doing our series on the great David Spade. Uh, last time I called it Spade Mania or something like that, and Spencer was like, watch your mouth. And I didn't get yeah. the joke at the time, but oh. now I do. <laughs> uh, because that's not a good word. Yeah, <laughs> David Mania would be better. There's so many Davids, though. David Keckner who was arrested recently in Simi Valley for driving while intoxicated, allegedly. Aww. Yeah, it makes me sad. Um, who else? David Cross. Famous Enough grump. Said. Oh, he is? He's real grumpy, apparently. Yeah, he seems like a real nice guy. I'm just kidding. I'm sure Amber, Amber Tamblin has calmed him down. There's, there's only so much your partner can do. That, that's true. I like that explanation. They have a baby. As He's probably know, calmed down. <laughs> having a baby fixes all your problems. Yeah, I don't know. His, uh, Amber seems like a cool person. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're all nice. Maybe he's grumpy because he has a baby. You ever think about that? Nah. Sleep deprivation. Did they have a baby a long time ago, or was this just recent? They got married kind of recently, because I think he's oh. like 20 years older than her. She's older than, than, than I thought she was, so it wasn't, yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, they have a kid. He's he's a daddy now. Oh, good. In his 50s. Yeah, but the perfect gives me, time. Gives me hope to make a mistake when I'm 50. <laughs> uh, but we're not, we're not talking about... We're talking about David... <laughs> his name is David Spade. I mean, he didn't pick his last name. That's the name he has. Okay, yeah. Last time we talked about the uh, wrong Missy. Now we're talking about Joel Torres's pick. That's me, uh, and I chose the uh, movie Lost and Found from 1999. So senior year of high school, I was wearing my Matrix shades. And uh, what else came out in 1999? Was that not? Um, uh, oh, Magnolia. Oh, yeah. And uh, a bunch of frogs fell on me. Uh, uh, the Kevin Spacey movie? Is that Kevin Spacey? Is that... I've never seen uh, that movie. You're talking about American Beauty? Yeah, the, the plastic bag thing. That's all I know. Oh, and the other, the creepy uh, stuff about that movie. Sure. The only thing people ever talk about is the plastic bag and the creepy stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I have not bothered to rewatch that movie since the early 2000s, I'd say. Yeah, same. Unlike Forrest Gump, which uh, I, I'm dropping the Forrest Gump references all the time. 
Lost and Found is a romantic comedy starring David Spade as the lead. Now, now, don't turn off the podcast. He is actually really good, in my opinion. Yeah, he's not, he, he definitely is doing like the like the lower key. I'm just the kind of a witty jackass thing, but it works here. Where in Wrong Missy, it's like you're not even trying. <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah, watching because I watched this back to back with Wrong Missy, um, and then I rewatched part of it today. Uh, it's weird it does work here like everything he's doing in this i think he's funny and i had because i was thinking of like comedies like this from around the time and i was like who is he comparable to and this isn't a good comparison but my hot take is i think that david spade is not necessarily funnier but he's more likable and i find him funnier than ben stiller because Ben Stiller, I feel like, was in some stuff kind of like this, where he was like a romantic lead, but doing the jackass dumb thing. And it does, that doesn't work for me. He is a bit more one note when he's playing yeah. it straight, and when he's a bit more wild, it's better. Yeah. Like, so, like, like Zoolander is like the perfect example of like him going out there with a character is more fun than like Meet the Parents, which is fine but painful it's, yeah but it's also it's like okay i i get it you're it, yeah, he's better yeah. like doing like sketchy like sketch comedy uh yeah i was thinking of like like a long camp poly and uh something about mary like mm-hmm. just that stuff where it's like it's kind of similar i mean not really but you know what i mean right yeah like he's a kind of a hopeless love lorn person who's mm-hmm. navigating the relationship and he's got his own hang-ups but aren't women crazy and like doing outrageous things to get the girl yeah, yeah. it's as opposed to like adam sandler who uh it this is you know all his Daddy. movies it's like oh he's definitely handsome you know adam sandler can score random chicks he doesn't doesn't need to be witty he just happens to also be witty <laughs> you know like yeah. oh, come on Although in eight in eight crazy nights, uh, his character is clearly designed to be like, what if he had a six pack and was really in shape? <laughs> <laughs> Which is like a really weird, like, huh? Is this is this the fantasy of his? <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> it's all he ever wanted. Oh, uh, don't oh, don't rewatch eight crazy nights. Uh, when I, I almost tw- did this this year. When I was like twelve or thirteen, I thought I was great, and then I watched it a couple of years ago, and uh, no, <laughs> just no. <laughs> Is it just not good at all? Uh, like, like I can handle like offensive, dumb comedy from like a prior era, but this one is kind of it. It's just, it's also just extra lazy and too gross, and it's just like. I don't know. It's like it's a, it's just kind of feel, it's just ill, it uh, an ill a bad match for uh, for uh, in a lot of ways. And uh, girls guts and shallow, uh, Annie Rose, she was she she's Jewish and she was watching it for Hanukkah, just for I don't know why. And she said this movie is it's fat phobic and transphobic at the same time. <laughs> mm. 
I'm not surprised. That's I, I mean, I almost feel like that's because they're trying to be less offensive altogether and less sexist like uh we were talking about um in when we were talking about the last missy mm. we were talking about wrongness opportunity or the wrong missy when i say the last missy that's the sequel <laughs> yeah you don't have a choice <laughs> lauren lapkus or the undead um yeah uh that you know you're in hawaii where's the, the you could add a scene where somebody's boobs are accidentally out or even somebody's penis because we're talking about like uh forgetting sarah marshall yeah, yeah. and the, like for some reason taking away the offensiveness made them decide that they didn't know how to be funny or something maybe i don't i don't know and i could definitely see that happening like if if your humor is really based around punching down then when people make you feel like you shouldn't be doing that you, you gotta figure out what's going on in your head you know you gotta figure out why that's the only thing that made funny you know made sense to you yeah yeah i mean also happy madison by this point is just like either a vacation movie or it's kind of or it's just like the uh um like, like, what's a lazy comedy that's an excuse for Adam to hang out with his friends? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a... Which, which I've, I've been thinking about, like, if you were given a choice of, like, you can be Adam Sandler type and have, have like, the career where you can just make what you feel like and just hang out with your buddies and make kind of low, like, uh, uh, low impact... Very, yeah, very mediocre <laughs> yeah. content. Or... Or be PTA and make a movie like every five years that is beloved by critics. Like, what was more fun? Like, being Adam Sandler is clearly being is the more fun option. Of like, I can be fifty, hang with my buddies all the time, and mm-hmm. and that's like living the dream to an extent. And I kind of wish I had that life. Yeah, of course. That that sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> but like, I. I it, if you're doing movies for creative output, that's I feel like that's a more respectful. Like I, we made a joke about comparing to Casavetes because you know just make movies with the people you know, your friends or whatever, your wife. But like he was still trying to express himself artistically with every you know piece that he put out, as far as I know. And it's not about any sort of artistic stuff there, which makes me feel bad because I've the large amount of people that have to be involved in the creation of movies like even something as as crappy as one of one of his worst netflix movies like you have artists working on it yeah. uh, but I, adam sandler is not one of them and is not interested <laughs> yeah i actually watched uncut gems a couple days ago and uh he doesn't need to pick me up well yeah <laughs> Uh, I'm also a Celtics fan, so like I I love that movie partially for Celtics qual um uh, storyline, but mm-hmm. uh yeah, that's a, a great reminder of like holy shit, if he if he tries he can be great. Yeah, he's brilliant in that film. That performance is so good, and he's so, I, I mean, every part of it hits right because it's funny when it needs to be. It's so cringy and uncomfortable when it needs to be. It's brilliant. It's got to have a director that's going to 
push him in the the way like the the similarities between his characters in uncut we're not talking about david spade by I know. Uh, <laughs> but the similarities between his characters in uncut gems and um uh what is the punch drunk love yes punch drunk love you know somebody who's got obviously like some sort of weird mental illness thing going on anger issues and then in uncut gems he's he's a gambling addict and he uh he's has to take a huge shit and uh and he's just extremely irritating to everyone like he's really garnet he's gonna pick him up and throw him through (laughs) a window all he said was don't lean on the fucking glass assholes David Spade. Yeah. What? But, uh, no, no, dummy. Just re- we're watching Uncut Gems. It just—it's another reminder to me of like, Lakeith Stanfield. Like, why is he in that movie? Like he—he—he yeah. uh, he, he just appears for the last third, and it's like I don't know. It—he—he—I feel I feel like the one extra piece that doesn't really need to be there. Lakeith Stanfield. Yes. I don't see. I don't even remember him in the movie, but I mean, he was he was so hot for I know quite some time there, and that, like I I'm happy for that. I I think that yeah. he's a gift to movies everywhere right uh, now. But I I don't know. I I find him to be too mumbly, and that the capitalism movie he did, the money one with the I don't well, want to say yeah. With like the he, science fiction twist? Yes, yes, that one. <laughs> I, I saw in a theater, and I couldn't understand a fucking word he was saying the whole time. Well, luckily, David Cross takes over at some point. <laughs> that, that is true. But, like, I, <laughs> I, I, I could not understand. He mumbled so much in that movie. And that's, like, the one big... That's my biggest problem, is he mumbles too much. And now, and that's all I hear from him when I see him in anything now. It's just, like... <laughs> it's just the, the mumbling. It's, like fucking enunciate you're a professional actor <laughs> I've never really noticed it before um, I'm thinking like I've seen it I've seen all of Atlanta I've seen you know he's got that small part in get out um, yeah I guess I I don't have a problem understanding him I don't know uh, it's probably because I myself am a mumbler it's yeah. just like the mum- the mumble acting annoys me so much now. I wonder if, like, going on and watching this stuff, if it's going to bother me. Like, now you broke the window. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks a lot, Spencer. <laughs> God damn it, he does mumble. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, Lost and Found. First off, I want to say, uh, it, the co-star, Sophie Marceau. Yes. She was with Zulowski for, like, uh, 20, 25 years. They have a kid together. And they and she is with him when she made when she made this movie, and I ha- can't really? but wonder, did did Zulowski ever see this movie? Slash, oh. <laughs> did, did Zulowski ever meet David Spade? And if he did, I'm sure there's a story behind it because he was a a fiery, intense uh, intense man. I don't know. I wonder. If anyone's ever asked him, like, in an interview about that, because I think he's pretty candid about, you know, crazy things that have happened to him in the past. And yeah. That That is a very specific question. Somebody's <laughs> probably been like, oh, did you hook up with Sophie Marceau? But not, when, like, by the way, her husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Did they did they get together when they were making Mad Mad Love or uh, yes. is that that person? That's, that's okay. when they, yeah they got together. They broke up a couple years after Lost and Found. Mm. Because she met David Spade and moved on. <laughs> I mean, it's possible David seduced her. He seduced a lot of women. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Give me some of that laying dick. <laughs> What'd you guys think of this movie? Because if you recall, during the David Spade preview episode, uh, that is exclusive to Patreon members, if you want to join Patreon for $1, there are two episodes now up there, which are... are Episodes where we pick the movies we're going to do. $1, pot, uh, patreon.com slash AIM podcast. Sorry. Uh, during that recording, I said, I know it's a bad movie, but uh, I want to watch Lost and Found. Uh, I liked it. it. It was charming. It was like the type of like lazy comfort food of like, I knew all the beats that going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it also was made with genuine effort, and seeing David Spade try was was a real eye opener. Like, oh yeah, he can be good if he feels like it. <laughs> yeah, it, all the magic wasn't just Chris Farley. Like that being okay, I fully agree with that. But also, I was Wally the best friend. Was that supposed to be Chris Farley before he had passed? That's what it says on because IMDb it, trivia. Oh, it, okay. This was like, that's all I could think about, especially whenever he started dressing up like him. I was like, this would probably play better. And I like that actor. I can't remember his name. Um, Arnie Lang? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just kept thinking. I was like, not that he needed Chris Farley. I do think he's good. I, I like this movie. I think it's perfectly charming. It's dumb, but it knows it's dumb. And it's, it was... I really enjoyed myself. I didn't yeah. expect to like it as much, but Sophie's gorgeous. He is... I don't know. It works for me. Like, I know that he's pulling... Like, she's insanely gorgeous, and I read a bunch of, like, reviews from the time period, like, from 1999, 2000, and people were just so nasty about like david spade could never get her i was like well evidently he could because he was pulling mad game back then like obviously could but i don't know i i really liked this movie it's interesting that the two rom-coms uh he was in that we we're talking about he is uh with a taller woman and there's no, never the, huh? difficult to cast a woman shorter than david spade <laughs> i guess so but I mean, there's not a joke about it, yeah. right? And, there, and there's never short jokes about it, and there's never like a, 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 any attempt to to like make him seem taller. Cause like in like some of the like Marcello, um, I, I have a point to this. Marcello and Sophia Sophia Loren rom coms, they they are the same height, but Marcello is always framed to be taller than her because you know Italian machismo bullshit. Sure. But but with this, like David Spade is noticeably, you know, looks shorter than her, and he's and he's shorter than Lauren Lapkus, and she's Lauren Lapkus is close to six foot, and mm-hmm. it's like it's just kind of nice seeing like, oh, the, the, it's, it's fine. It's just like a just nice change of pace. Yeah, yeah, I just like no comment about it. Like they don't try to make him look bigger or tougher. They don't. They just let him be who he is. Definitely, and he's not, 
I mean, his character is not really the butt of the joke. Like, his only competitor is that other French guy who was also ridiculous. And, uh, like, I don't know. It, I mean, he's he is the lead of this romantic comedy, and they they make him, uh, they make him the kind of lead that would be in a normal. You know, the the only reason it feels weird is because it's it's David Spade, who's an SNL comedian, usually teamed up or in a you know a movie with a bunch of other SNL people, and yeah, I always used to think it was weird that. It, <laughs> That he uh, and that Sophie Marceau would fall for this guy, but uh, uh, I think that they I I can't help but wonder did they think this was going to be a problem and that's why they shot that first scene with him breaking up with the stripper like oh David Spade can we have to establish that David Spade can attract very attractive women so uh, <laughs> I mean so because... it's just totally dispelled yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they could have looked at, the, at like, the gossip magazines because that would have been in, like, People and shit like that at the time. <laughs> him you with know, a, probably a taller woman who is far, who's, like, far more attractive than you'd expect him to get. It's movie criticism. They get, they get too many points for what, you know, they throw out their opinion and people are like, well, if they thought it was bad, I'm, I'm going to do that. Not, not to say that I, obviously, I, there are several movie credits that I do love, but I, when I read a criticism, I don't think that's going to be my opinion now. Like, yeah. Uh, I think it's also we're we're living in a different age than this was because you're saying like why they could have just picked up a copy of People magazine and seen this. Like today, you just click on a couple of different websites and you'd have all the reference you would need, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe read some other old news stories or something, which you could easily access. Now, uh, I I don't know which film critic you're talking about, but I know exactly how many film critics had a subscription to People magazine. I just happen to have the statistic. Oh, interesting. No, I don't. Yeah, so just like The Wrong Misty, uh, way too long to get to the premise. That's kind of like a, a, a minor issue I have. It takes 30 minutes to get to the whole dog napping thing. Uh, blackmail. Uh, sort of blackmail thing. But like, it takes a little too long to get to the whole premise. And it's like, okay, you, you could sped this up a little bit. Mm. How manipulative on a scale of 1 to 10 do you think him kidnapping a dog is? Uh, it's kind of fucked up. Oh, oh I mean, it's super fucked up. <laughs> However, like, I'm looking never... at my dog right now. It's like if someone's like I tried to put myself in that where it's like if someone stole Gobby from me to make me date them, I'm going to get a restraining order. <laughs> it's <laughs> there's no like romance and sparks flying. That's an immediate. That's that's just that's no, that's no. That's a no, a hard no. However, the movie pre- is present the movie that we're given is like well he's really charming and like it's 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 dumb enough that I kind of don't care. In a oh yeah, over. yeah, for the movie I totally don't care and like all the weird like dog gags where he throws the dog and like the dog is in the dryer. Yes. So much animal abuse and it's weird that that's 
kind of the thrust of most of the comedy in this, but it doesn't not work in a weird way, which I feel weird saying. I have to say, if I feel like they did, they pulled some sort of magic trick because he, you know, the first time he drops the dog ear, and I'm like, that's kind of funny. And then the next time the dog is in the dryer, it's like, you know, oh yeah, I put my shoes in there. And I was like, I know I'm supposed to think there's an animal suffering in there, but for some reason this is still funny. Yeah, I, and I, I'm weird about like animal stuff where yeah. I am, I think we've all talked about it before. We're all kind of mm-hmm. in the same boat where I, I can't even watch certain stuff if I know there's like an animal was inconvenienced. I'm just like, eh, I just, I'm not into it. Can't do it. And this it's like, obviously it's not a real dog to get that out of the way, but it, I don't know why it's funny. I felt dumb laughing too. I was like, this is so <laughs> stupid. It came to my, my favorite joke in the whole movie. Yeah, <clears throat> it's when he goes to the bank for the loan, and it, and the guys and he he says to the guy, "You haven't gotten laid since the shell since the uh, shell explosion, and you know why." <laughs> oh my gosh. And, it's, and I, I just I was cackling like an idiot, and then I was thinking like, "What the fuck does that mean?" Because <laughs> 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 the guy got the guy is it looks ashamed, and it's like, again, what does that mean? There's so much to, 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 to that weird joke. That's a uh, that's a uh, one I I wouldn't be able to unfold. I I don't remember that joke. That that actor, I had just seen him in another movie. Um, his name is uh, Christian Clemenson. Um, and I watched Bad Influence from 1990 and he's he's it's you know nine years ago and he's he's skinnier and he's actually playing uh, james spader's loser brother in it i was like okay. who is this guy he's so unique looking like he doesn't look like james spader but he's cast as his brother and then i see him in this movie and i was like i think that's the same guy that's weird <laughs> oh, i like him though yeah, uh, Joel. Some uh, someone in the cast in a minor role is in a show that you told me you watch. A show that, uh, well, you're forty, so never mind. It, it fits. Uh, Goliath. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, who are we talking about? Ever Carradine. Oh, really? She's Robert Carradine's daughter. Is he a Christian one? One of them got. Uh- Real Christian. Robert film. Carradine is the one that was in Revenge of the Nerds, and then he was on like uh, I, I want to say he was on one of the Disney shows, not Miley, not Miley Cyrus's. Oh, Lizzie the McGuire, one, the one with was it Lizzie McGuire? Maybe, yeah, I think it was Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> yeah. Wait, isn't that no? That is that's the Miley Cyrus one, isn't it? No. No. No, 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 no. No. Hannah Montana's Miley. Get it together. What's the one with Shia LaBeouf? That is Even Stevens. Stevens. Okay. Yeah, that I has, think it's Even Stevens. I, th- I think you're right. Yeah. That has... Uh, never mind. We're not going to talk about Disney. I I can talk about Di- at Disney Channel from era for a long time. We're I think she was Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, it was Lizzie McGuire. Okay. I don't yeah. know. I'm just... I'm thinking that's who... I think that's the one he was on. Yeah. I think so. That's Robert Carey. I don't know if he went Christian. The the other, obviously, David is 
has passed away, and then there is the other brother who was in all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is that guy's name? Keith. Anybody? Keith. Thank you. That's why I can't remember it because Keith is a is a name that's like made out of oil. It just slips out of your ear. What was your yeah. name again? Keith. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, back to that. My, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> A. Carradine, the one from the show Goliath that you watch, the like the yes. the old people show, is in this movie. It's not an old people show. It's a show for mature adults who uh, enjoy sitting at home and reading the newspaper. And uh, I am so tired. <laughs> that's just, you, that's funny that you call that an old person show because I I told somebody that uh, I watched all of Bosch, mm-hmm. and somebody was like, "That's a show for retirees." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Shut up." <laughs> I mean, like, they're yeah. right. That's that's yeah. a, that's a classic. Like. 50 year old dad show i i kind of hate watch that because i'm 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 not a hundred percent a cab but i'm 95 percent a cab and i hope that doesn't make anybody too mad it doesn't mean i'm actually you know going out there and being an asshole i i just you know i happen to believe that the police force has a lot of power that they shouldn't have and uh you know, we can argue with that offline um <laughs> yeah Oh, and um, that's that show is about a LA cop who like oh we only do the things by the book and or not no he doesn't do by things by the book obviously he's a little he's a little bad but his opinion and he says it on the show is if you got arrested you must have done something wrong which is fuck you <laughs> yeah I mean I like Law and Order which has its own uh, <laughs> issues uh, like SVU in particular with like talk about rape on tv it's like uh, sometimes it's like this is kind of cringy you just want you mm. just want to say rape a whole bunch and sometimes I know, it's but that's the one i like i like I svu too like i yeah i was this is like total side thing but i was talking to a friend about that and i was like yeah svu and they're like <laughs> it's not funny because they didn't as soon as they said it they're like wait wait that's not what i meant but they were like oh yeah svu that's like the sexy one and I was like, oh. what now? I was like, what are we talking? And they're like, no, no, that's not what I meant. I was just like, back it up, backpedal. It's the uh, one about sexual crimes? Like, that's the sexy one. I was like, no, no. I mean, no. I, mean, I know plenty of women who think Stabler's hot. The, yeah. Well, I, I think Olivia Benson is attractive. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, you, right. you've seen her dad. Yeah, yeah, her dad and her mom. <laughs> and you know what? You got a good... You got a good mix out of that. Yeah. You. I've forgotten you. Now I have to memorize that speech. Everybody's going to be talking about the bloody pit of horror now because they released that Blu-ray that Spencer got me for Christmas. Thank you very much. It made me so happy. Especially because it had the slip cover. Yeah, and you you get (sighs) to watch uh, uh, Mickey... Is it Mickey Hargitay? Yes, Mickey. Mm -hmm. And and the glorious... um, uh, Blu-ray quality and get to see that that body. I haven't cracked it open yet, but I'm I think I'm going to very possibly tonight. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and the the cool fake spider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the party uh, city spider. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, like okay, so what do I want to say? Uh, you were ta- Mel, you were talking about Artie Lang for Chris Farley. Yeah. I, I like Artie Link's performance in here, um, and I th- I think they did 
based on it was supposed to be Chris Farley, I think they could have handed him an impossible role to do. And he steps up doing an Artie Lang version. Um, it's not... It feels almost kind of like a aloof Jim Belushi thing, which, of course, once again, Chris Farley, Jim Belushi, tied mm-hmm. together. And I, I like it. Um, oh, yeah. I wasn't... Like, I didn't mean to say that he... It's not that he's not good, but that was a... Which maybe... That just might be a David Spade thing where whenever he's paired with somebody and they're working off of each other with comedy, it's kind of hard not to put, like, whoever he's with, like, well, would this be better with Chris Farley? Yeah. It, which isn't fair, but... That's why you do it with the wrong Missy, with mm-hmm. the Lauren Lapkus. <laughs> what if Lauren Lapkus was Chris Farley? I mean, she is bigger than him. She's taller. Mm. <laughs> he has, like he has to be paired with someone bigger, you know, either, like, wider or taller. Once again, it's very difficult to cast somebody David Spade size. They usually have to go cast in the, you know, junior section. They could have cast Melanie in a next David Spade rom-com. She's sure in that, him. That's, women are an exception to this role. <laughs> and I don't know if I have to say that. Okay. I'm looking at the the cover, the Lost and Found cover, where I am too co- right now. <laughs> covering himself the dog, and it's so funny because he's up on his tiptoes. <laughs> and it's like, I think he still had to be made larger to seem like the same height. Well, <laughs> Especially because she's wearing those heels. She's yeah. wearing heels, but she's also got her legs bent too. Yeah. So it's like she's bending down. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, but she's, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, Tell me about Sophie Marceau. She's great. Her Hollywood, her Hollywood movies are a real mixed bag because she has mm-hmm. the worst Bond movie, arguably. But um, I was thinking about this. Okay, Braveheart. and I don't disagree with that. Uh, she's not bad in Bond. Oh, that, that's, like, that's she's not, true. She's not bad in, in anything, I don't think. I think she's the only, like, only female villain in a Bond movie. Mm, well, oh, yeah, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Like, she's she's the main <laughs> villain in it. Oh, she's the main <laughs> villain. Yes, the main villain. Well, no, the main villain's the guy with the face, right? Yeah, but or she's a... Does it turn out that she's actually in charge? I can't remember. Uh, and no, in her, no one she's in, she's turns out to be the main villain. And, and it's they like have the like only time that it's like a, it's been a woman. Oh my god, that's progressive, I, James Bond. I know. Except for Daniel Craig, was he's got that thing around his neck where they're gonna tighten the the band. He's like, you're supposed to be in the kitchen. <laughs> you're supposed to be in the kitchen. Can you say something else, Mr. Bond? I don't... Um, like Braveheart, which is fine, she... I guess. I read a ton about Braveheart today because I was reading, I was on, I don't know. I mean, I clicked on her and then I was like, what's a movie around this time period? And I was like, well, when did Braveheart come out? I read so much about Braveheart, and I don't know why. There was no reason for it. <laughs> I went so hard on Braveheart, and then I just kept thinking. I was like, Braveheart's not a very good movie. It's it's just weird. No. Yes. It's just it's, weird. We don't have vi- to get into it. It's just... The violence is good. Some great action yes. scenes. But besides yeah, yeah, that, in the, in the whole sequence where he comes Jason Voorhees out of fucking <laughs> nowhere... 
Oh, is, hell yeah. It's fun, but besides the violence, it's kind of like, we get it. You, we get it. You love Jesus. <laughs> There's a whole lot of Christian imagery all over the place in that movie. Oh, the the Christian iconography is, yeah. Right. And she she doesn't have a very big role in that movie anyway. She's, she's the love interest who gets killed. No. She's the princess. A, she's the princess, princess? yeah, that he oh, meets yeah. later. Man, I forgot so much of that movie already. No, that's, yeah, no, that's fair. I wouldn't, I don't remember that much about it. I just remember, oh man, I feel like everybody's parents loved it, though, for a certain point I, in time. It won the Academy Award, yep. you know? I like, know, this, was, so this was weird. a movie. Yeah, Spike Lee and loves movie, it. it yeah, the only the thing battle I think, sequences are good. The violence is good, but... That's what I was going to say, the battle yeah. sequences. And Spike Lee just, is a big um, Mel Gibson uh, fan in terms of dr- a director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I don't, I wonder if he still is now. Because he, he turned his back on Woody Allen recently. So he mm-hmm. might have turned his back on, on Mel. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Uh, it's Spike Lee. Who fuck knows? <laughs> I, I assume Spice, Spike really Spike really. I assume that Spike Lee assumes everyone is that level of racist that Mel Gibson presented um, himself to be. Uh, yeah. Did, who knows what archaic rules he comes up with? Whether or not he's going to um, be friends with somebody or not. I mean, you could you could like the Celtics, and he won't want to be friends with you. That I mean, that happened to Marcus Penn. Mm-hmm. He uh, uh, was at a screen or something, and Spike Lee w- walked past him, and Marcus was wearing a, a Celtics hat, and Spike Lee said, "Wrong hat," and he won't talk to him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that must be. I mean, that's a that's a good story. Yeah. No matter. <laughs> no matter the outcome, it was good. Very disappointed. There is okay, so I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, assless chaps, of course. Um, there they he makes a joke when he's he's in the restaurant and there's there's the one idiot guy who doesn't really understand how to. There's multiple idiot guys at his <laughs> restaurant, who took, but the one that's not Artie Lang, Turtle. Uh, Turtle, yeah, it actually, it's his name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's the character's name. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a entourage multiverse. Oh, cool! <laughs> Alternate universe turtle. Yeah, you think they're gonna do like a a, a version of uh, Spider Man, but with turtles? Uh, uh no, it's gonna no, be Aquaman. Entourage. That's I mean that's what actually happened. In, it's a, it's gonna be multiverse of Aquaman. In the Entourage movie, from what I understand, Mark, uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> no, the person it's based on. Oh, uh, Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg and his crew, which were the people that those other characters were based on, are like in the movie. So it is kind of like a crossover universe thing mm-hmm. with Ronda Rousey. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's all. Anyways, um, <laughs> David Spade makes a joke. Did you eat a dog shit sandwich? Which is a joke that they make in the wrong Missy. Uh, when he has the guy on the plane smell his breath, he's like, oh, your breath is fine. Did you eat dog shit, by the way? <laughs> Interesting. It's a classic. Bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, I have a question for both of you. Melly, have you seen um, The Greasy Strangler? Yes. Is David Spade a smoothie or a bullshit artist? It's <laughs> a good question. Uh, I don't even, like... It, it, it's hard to think of him as a smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, even when he's, that's funny, when he's meeting his new neighbor, he's not, like, he's not, like, running a game. He, yeah. He's awkward. He, yeah. I don't know. I have to recontextualize this for myself. <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't mean to break the show. <laughs> yeah, way to go, asshole. <laughs> you know, he's not a smoothie, because... Yeah, I don't know. Why was he naked in the movie? I can't remember. Uh, the poker game with the old ladies. Oh, yes. That's Which a, that scene, note. I like that scene a lot. And I, those, those old ladies, first off, one is ladies. one is Rosemary from Dick Van Dyke's show. Mm-hmm. Yep. One is Carol Cook from a movie that I watched a lot growing up that you, that you covered on Please Don't Send Me Outer Space that mm. unlocked memories of, like, of like that's what that was called, Incredible Mr. Oh. Limpet. Oh yes, yeah. I I remember her. She's Mr. Limpet's human wife. <laughs> um. So if you go on to Letterboxd, um, after my favorite actor Christian Clemenson, in the cast list, there was nothing there. There was no Martin Sheen. Artie Lang wasn't listed. None of the old ladies were listed. I actually went on to tmdb.org, which is where they get their information, and I added all those actors on there. <laughs> like, hmm. it's, this is just something I will do randomly if I'm looking at a movie, and I'm like, why didn't this movie come up? Oh, the actor's not listed. And anyone can do it. You can make your own account and go in and edit those things. Just don't do it. For, don't use it for evil, please. <laughs> I think uh, of the lusty old ladies, my favorite is uh, Marla Gibbs. She's the one who says, yeah, the black black woman, I ain't no cock blocker. (laughs) I'm a sucker for a foul mouthed old lady. It just, I'm, I don't know what it is about that. But it, it did. It, people will complain about like, oh, that That's... old lady rapping, or that old lady just says a foul mouth. I don't know. It works for me. Oh, she was on the Jeffersons. That's why she looked familiar. Mm-hmm. That that checks out. Sanford and Son of the Jeffersons. Yes. She's also in Meteor Man. Yeah, a movie I watched as a teen. That I have zero memory of. Well, you love Robert Townsend now. I mean, he did uh, uh, Hollywood Shuffle. That's a good, overall good movie. Not great, but good. Mm-hmm. It's just a misfire. I like what he was trying to do. Uh, Meteor Man, that is. Yeah. All right. Uh, wait, 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 wait. What? What's your? Who's your favorite lusty old lady? I mean. Hmm. In real life, no, I'm just getting the movie. <laughs> oh, probably Rosemary because I love yeah, Dick Van Dyke's show. What is Stella Harris? 
I know, but I George's mom. <laughs> I yeah, I watched Seinfeld sporadically. I recognized her, but okay. Just making sure. Yeah. So, uh, it, okay, some some of the other weird crossover besides the rom com with the taller woman thing, uh, <laughs> David Spade penis being featured as a joke, at in in both of the rom coms. Because in Wrong Missy, the, the the whole dick pic, um, sequence not sequence yep. but the, the joke, and then here him walk around the uh, apartment place naked. Wait, say that again. I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking about? You did you did you digitized out for me. Oh, him being being naked and like I think uh, I think someone sees him sees him walk around naked. But anyway, it's like two two dick jokes um, oh, related yes. to him and uh, these. <clears throat> yeah. No, only, I don't think that he was nude during that. I can't remember. Uh, there, there, there's when he there's these two old people. Oh yeah, he is. Is he naked during that part? The two old people and they're like, yeah, he is. The He's old man the is like, yeah, get away from my wife. That he made a joke that made me laugh, which was that. Uh, I was just out here because I dropped a penny. You know, have you seen it? It's got Lincoln on it. He was a president when you were in high school. <laughs> it made me laugh. I can't do a David Spade. David Spade's delivery is is pretty impeccable for almost any of the jokes he's doing in there. It's yeah. kind of impressive. All right. Uh, okay. So that the ginger kid drops the f bomb at one point. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I was enjoying it, and then that happens. Like, oh yeah, it's a '90s movie. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what we did in the '90s. I don't like that kid. Uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I do think it's funny that he gets knocked out by David, and uh, there's no repercussions for <laughs> him doing that. But. Uh, like the end sequence where he's like, "This new guy, you know, he, he told me to sit on his lap and stuff like that." And I'm like, eh. "Yeah." I don't know if child molestation is as funny as people think it is. No. But I did laugh whenever he got knocked out. Oh yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, so much of the physical comedy is is actually funny. Which no, I don't normally find. I mean, it depends. I won't say that I don't normally find it funny, but a lot of times it does not. It falls flat for me. I laughed almost every time in this. Like, all the physical gags got me. Yeah. And I think they they put in, like, cartoonish sound effects when things happen. And I think that, that almost might be the secret. You know, every time the dog was getting thrown, you'd hear, like, crash. And it's like, obviously, you didn't throw him into a bunch of bottles or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Looney Tunes kind of thing. Like, they're... <laughs> There's so many times where he, like, someone's coming into the apartment, so he has to get rid of the dog, and he just opens the door and whoosh, throws yep. it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's, uh, there's a, 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 a part that I'm surprised didn't get, like, a, like a, a lazy joke mm. at the stadium date when um, she plays cello and, yes. like... 
you can see up her dress, and there's not a joke from David Spade about it. That legit surprised me. I really thought he would have had some crack about that. Yep. I, I think that they they worked very hard to make you think that this man who stole a dog <laughs> is not actually a scumbag. And another scene that I'd say is on the same place is when he's at his you know his corner of the restaurant friend's house and his wife hands him the baby and he's he's feeding the baby and, and then she gives this whole speech about when I first met you I thought you were an asshole and then as I got to know you better you were still an asshole but I know that you were actually a good guy in there too uh, and it's like you had to he had to literally hold a baby <laughs> possibly they were worried like nobody's gonna like him uh, make him likable hold a baby yeah, that's you're right. There, it's such a fine <laughs> line where they put enough subtle. Which holding a baby, that's not really a subtle thing. But he does knock a kid out at one point, so the it's kid probably, sucks. Though. Well, yeah. Well, and the kid kind of knocks himself out. But yeah, having yeah. him hold a baby it's kind of cancels out that. Having him not say something crude about her, you know, the upskirt shots. Like it's okay that he throws a dog several times in this it's fine <laughs> he's not a bad guy yeah it's it's okay that he's consistently lying to this woman it's a, you know he's yeah. he's lying to everybody he's lying to the bank people he's lying to his co-worker after the the quote-unquote diamond gets eaten by the dog yeah i uh, i really like the vet scene <laughs> <laughs> just because that lady is like you know what you have to wait for right <laughs> or you know what you have to do, right? And he's like, yep, put him on the table, Doc. I'll hold him down. You grab the scalpel or something like that. <laughs> it's like, no, you have to wait for, him, for it to pass through. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. The, and then, yes. The whole the whole dog shit sequence. Thank you. I didn't expect <laughs> it to be that gross, but it, that, was, that was really funny. <laughs> it's a really gross part, and just all the... All the dogs in the park all shitting at the same time and the fart sound effects. I was like, no, a fart joke made me laugh. Help. Well, I just like the shot composition of the him looking for the dog and then just seeing him in the middle of all the other dogs. And the there is like the fart sounds, but like the music that plays too. It was all really funny. And I felt it's like I was ashamed for laughing. It's like this is <laughs> actual toilet humor. Yeah. Yeah, then Ari Lang like rubs dog shit on himself, and like, it, like it, it, it's it's really dumb. But like, man, that that really made me laugh a lot. Yeah, yeah, you got some here. Did I get it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got it. And I could, I could see Chris Farley doing the same like joke and his version of it. And yeah. it, you know, it's it's slightly different in my mind the way he would have done it because. Um, I mean, to me, Artie is like crude, is like cruder Chris Farley, right? Which I, yeah. which, which I don't think Chris, I, I feel like Chris Farley would have said that this is too far. I don't know, but this feels I mean, straight up like I, like like Ari Lang would have been was a okay with this, or maybe even suggested this. This is not a surprise from him, but Chris Farley, I can't really see him being like this gross. Chris Farley 
like in movies that he wasn't the star in, he he definitely did some some grosser type roles. Like I'm I'm thinking of um, well, this is, the bus driver in Billy Madison, where he's kind of like a scumbag. <laughs> that Veronica Vosh. No. Uh, Dirty work. See. Yes, that's the one I was trying to think of. Yeah. He is scum in that, but and that movie is full of scum. Oh, I that, I rewatched it after Norm passed, and I like that movie a lot. It's a good movie. Yeah, I've always liked that movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. You gotta watch it again now that Bob Saget is back. I know. Who's next? Uh, Dave Coulier. Uh, finally. <laughs> Wait, he's not in that movie. Yeah, that scene, seeing Bob Saget pass, he made me remember a weird high school memory. I hung out with a few Christian kids because they were into video games and mostly fine. And they went, and they always make these horrible jokes. And they'd say like, they they wouldn't say Saget, they'd say the f other f word because mm. he was on Full House and. And the, to them, that show was gay, so therefore it was bad. Wow! It, like they're a type of type of Christian kids who, if you said hell off around them, they would freak out and be like, "Don't use that language." But they'd use the other f word, kind of freely. It wasn't, a, wasn't yeah. a bad word to them. It was a label. Yeah. yeah, and I stopped hanging out with them by senior year because even ba- even at that age, I wasn't fully evolved, but I, yeah. I was still evolved enough to be like. This hypocrisy is bullshit. I don't want to be associated with you anymore. Yeah. Mm. I, I wrote a note that is a quote. It says, I'm over in 10 if you ever need anything. Milk, flour, husband. Oh, he must be talking to her. Yeah. And doing his, like, side sarcastic thing. Yeah. Uh, this is such a generic rom-com. It has a basketball scene. In a basketball scene, like it, it, because that, that's such a staple, like, uh, joke in and of itself at this point. That, um, they, uh, the David Wayne movie, what is it called? They Came Together has a basketball yep. scene. And seeing the basketball scene is this, like, oh, this is kind of the same thing, but played straight. <laughs> Definitely. That's what, that's what people do, they, they play basketball. Yeah, and also watching it made me realize, oh, that's just a cheap way to have, like, dudes hang out together without a lot of women around. Like, just to, like, establish that if it, in a rom-com. Yeah. Cause, and, you know, well, you know, think, think about the, um, the logistics of the other kind of sports that, that men may be into. I think basketball is probably, you know, maybe, maybe soccer, kicking a soccer ball back and forth, but, like, there's, there's so little you have to do you know, you just got to find a hoop and have yeah. a basketball. And costuming I, is easy. Either, you know, gym shorts, a t-shirt. Or nothing at all. Yeah. No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's, I didn't even, I didn't even clock the basketball scene as anything because uh, I, I also shot some hoops Back in my day, in the '90s, I was never on a basketball team. When when you uh, and your friends were talk about talk about women, you'd be shooting hoops. That is correct. Yeah, they would always be talking about things I had no idea what they were. I was like, "It's the ball in the hoop." 
and you're like, hey man, um, you just gotta commit and tell her you love her, and then you mm-hmm. shoot a a, a a a swish. Yeah. Or you have the one guy that's like, man, you don't even need her. Just just don't worry about it. Just play it fast and loose. Yeah. Come on, man. I got. Listen, <laughs> you and I going out tonight, okay? I need you. You're gonna be kind of like. I'm going to be your wingman. You know what? I'm going to be your wingman. I'm going to give you the honor of me being your wingman. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's going to... You you watch. It's going to be just like this. And he shoots the ball, and it bounces off the hoop. Okay, that was supposed to go in, but trust me. Yeah. Let's write a, let's write a 90s rom-com. It would be... I mean, done. It writes itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait a other other notes it's a lot of jokes that i liked but one part i liked was um where was it oh the little person at the end is caucasian tony cox mm. pretty much and uh i don't know i, I was I, part of me was like my first time like oh it's another tony cox movie i've never seen because i he i find it to be a endlessly enjoyable presence mm-hmm. uh Particularly, like, Bad Santa is my favorite role of his, but, uh... That's right, the, the guy that's randomly the mover. And no one, once yeah. again, nobody's making any jokes about his size. No. Which but is no, pretty good. Yeah, it's just yeah. some uh, Caucasian little person, not Tony Cox. But still. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised, like, there's so many easy jokes they could have made, and they avoided it. And in, in the, mm. I, I guess like the Ab Sandler, a happy mass and stuff hadn't really seeped into. Hat fully seeped in yet. Yeah, I mean this is not this is not a any sort of Adam Sandler production, is it? Let me see. No, but but, but they're buddies, so like they were. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, co-writer David Spade, J.B. Cook, and Mark Meeks. Not familiar with the other two. That only movie that person, J.B. Cook, did was Lost and Found. And the only movie Mark Meeks did was Lost and Found. So my guess is that these two probably are... One of them had a script. One of them punched it up and David Spade punched up his own part. Probably. (laughs) Probably good. I mean, that's obviously like his jokes work. Yeah. Uh, did you guys notice the one moment where David Spade had a stuntman? No. He's in the park with uh, Sophie Marceau, and he's on the rocking horse making her laugh. And then he tumbles over the, the rocking horse, and it is it cuts to a man in a David Spade wig flipping <laughs> over. <laughs> and then it cuts back to him getting off the ground. Whoa. I was like, ah, oh, Spade didn't want to take that fall, huh? I don't blame him. <laughs> nah. Right. Oh, uh, one thing stressing me out like crazy. Him holding mm. that cello. I played cello for ten years, and him pulling that cello case, like like a like a fucking moron, stressed me out so much. <laughs> yeah. The joke is he's very weak, apparently. Yeah, it's it's not that heavy. It really isn't heavy at all. No, it's just awkward. 
Not really. There's a handle for you to hold at your side. Like a briefcase. Listen here. I ain't no goddamn cello player. I don't know what the fuck goes on. I'm just a movie writer. Yeah. That's all I got. I did have a moment where whenever he goes to grab it from her, like, no, I got it. And it almost falls. And I was just like, oh. And she's totally fine. Totally fine with it. No big deal. It's like, that's your work. Yeah. That would cost a lot of money. (laughs) If you had, I I mean, do you even repair? Like, if it gets a broken neck like that, do you get it repaired? Or do you have to buy a new instrument? Pretty much buy a new one if it's that much damage. Uh they are not cheap. well the plywood ones are cheap but they're not good or worth the money you kind of want to spend a lot of money on it mm. yeah he could have saved himself a lot of trouble just by stealing her cello instead of her dog <laughs> yeah but the, don't have any, any hijinks with the cello yeah no and, and I like the dog actor it was very cute Yeah. did you guys see the Tyra Banks cameo in quotations cameo no, I don't think so. Uh, she's in the Victoria's Secret catalog. Oh. When is there a part of the Victoria's Secret? <laughs> no, he gets his mail. That's right. Yeah, he gets. <laughs> what? What fell? Um, the drill that I used to put up my desk light uh, was on my desk, and I just bumped my arm into it. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the. Tyra's in that catalog. And that, that's another reminder. Like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like, that was a staple joke of the single guy gets the Victoria's Secrets catalog instead of actual porn. Which I guess yep. you can't... They'd be too vulgar to show like a playboy. Uh, Like, is that another level of like, I wouldn't like somebody who gets porn delivered directly to their house, aka Billy Madison, as opposed to... <laughs> A person who gets the Victoria's Secret catalog because, hey, man, don't you secretly do that? (laughs) No, we don't. That was a running joke at that time period, too, where, because that's an, I can't think of another movie, but that is another stuff where people talk about the Victoria's Secret catalog. It was apparently a big cultural phenomenon for young people of a certain age. It's in um, Malcolm in the Middle. I think the older, the oldest brother gets Victoria's Secrets catalog when he like he first moves out. Mm. <laughs> I think when we go like, when he goes to Alaska during that weird arc. You have to fill out like a card, do you think? Or do you have to like go to the store and sign up? Mm. It takes a, it takes a certain amount of uh, bravado to, to walk into a a Victoria's Secret as a single man and be like, I'd like to sign up for your catalog. Please. Especially a, a teenager. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not going to pull that off. Uh, we never talk about John Lovitz and how that scene is really funny. <laughs> which part is funny? No. <laughs> John Lovitz, when you're wrestling, he's like, Oh, your mom can't help you now. And it's like, yeah. Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> I, yeah, well, once again, we're we're talking about child molestation. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's already Lang thinking it's okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And John it, Lovitz is funny. Yeah, I guess that's like the one real lazy joke, but like it did really make me laugh. 
but but also he's a, he's a, a real pet psychic too, which makes you yeah. makes me question: Is this a fantasy movie? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not giving it. You could excise okay. that scene, that John Lovett scene, and the movie would not be any different. You know, but I mean, it's a fantasy. It is a fantasy movie because we, as we've already no, we we established that David Spade actually could have exactly incredible yeah. women that seem. Mm-hmm. that he shouldn't be able to. So where is the fantasy? Uh, I guess the fantasy is that after having thrown a bank executive's wife into a table full of stuff on her birthday that you would still get your loan. That's kind of fantasy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, think I, I think I like Wrong Missy more than this. Purely because Lauren Lapkus is like like gives that movie so much life, mm-hmm. and like this movie is overall better in pretty much every way. But there is no performance quite like like Lapkus' performance in Wrong Missy. I think you could say that about almost any other movie ever. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I definitely like this movie. Uh, better um but that's not well i mean it's a reflection of the movie overall but like <laughs> this this is we you know when we get to the spadometer or, or we i'm sorry we can't call it that you know yeah uh uh apologies to all the people who are probably going to edit that specifically out of our podcast so they can prove i'm a racist you don't have to do that i'll, I'll tell you i'm a racist everyone's racist god yeah, Mel, I feel like we haven't got enough. Uh, but oh, do you have favorite scenes you want to talk about or anything like that? I mean, we covered all the ones that I really love. I, again, I was just so surprised that so much of the the physical humor, violence towards animals and children, really just worked for me. And I don't yep. know, maybe that's just the state of mind I'm in, but I really enjoyed it. I. I was surprised. I had seen this before, but I didn't remember it. And I feel like the poster for this in the front of the VHS, that's um, one that one of our little rental places had up for a really long time, way after they should have been advertising for Lost and Found. And I don't know. It's just something that I hadn't... I didn't remember specifically that the cello scene with her on the stage was from this, but I remember that because, I mean, it's memorable. She's gorgeous and it's played in a sincere way. Like Mm. it's not, there's no jokes. There's nothing during that scene. He's watching her and their little back and forth whenever, uh, like later when they go back there and they're talking to each other, it's very sweet. Yeah. So, I don't know. It works for me. It works for me as a comedy. It works for me as a romantic film. I liked it a lot. There's nothing in particular that, like, that I want to talk about. Let me see. I have some notes on this, but, um, this is not the not a hot take. But I don't think John Lovitz is that funny. In gen- just in general. Just in general. Just in general, I was tr- at, when watching this, I was 
because that scene did make me laugh and I was like how many times has John Lovitz really made me laugh and the only other thing I could think of immediately is in The Wedding Singer whenever uh, right after Robbie freaks out and yes. is having his meltdown he's like he's losing his mind and I'm reaping all the benefits that I think of that line all the time and it makes me laugh <laughs> that might be the only other time that he's made me laugh I, I have an undying love for him because of the critic. Which is fair, yeah. And, you know, he had writers working on that stuff. for, But, I mean, his delivery is... I mean, John, John Lovitz could... No one else could do that role. Yeah. Like, I, there's, no one's ever going to try to remake the critic yeah. cartoon, but... Uh, yeah, I think it might be his voice for me. It's like a voice custom made for comedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it, uh, him and like a league of their own. I tried saw for a first time this, like last year, and I didn't know he was in it. And it was a nice surprise, like, oh, this is gonna be a comedy. And it's like, oh, he's barely in it, <laughs> but but he's the funniest part by far. I'm gonna go home, slip my wife the pickle, and go to bed, or whatever he says. I think it's tickle pickle that movie. <laughs> Have my wife have the wife tickle my pickle? No, I don't. Yes, yeah, so his delivery is funny. Like I, I don't. I can't imagine watching a movie that like stars John Lovitz, even though he's the star of the critic. But like I said, that's that's a different thing. Yeah. Um, I was like, what? What is he in big? Yeah, that's not really. Conheads. <laughs> I'm not looking anywhere. Yeah, I I know that's kind of like hot takey. It's just it was a realization I had during that scene where I was just like, because it made me laugh, and I was like, I don't. He, I get why people like him. I do, but it just he's not funny to me. It's just one of those things that doesn't hit. That's okay. No, I I don't think it's a hot take at all. I mean, just an opinion, (laughs) and everyone is entitled to that. Uh. Let me see. I do want to talk about Dog's Life by Cottonmouth Kings. No, not that song. The, oh, somebody does say the F-A, the one you were talking about, your Christian mm-hmm. friends. Somebody, is it the little kid who says yeah, that? Yeah, the little kid says about the dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that kid made me think of the kid in Jurassic Park. Like, that, look, that looks, doesn't look scary. It's more like a big chicken. Um, the Neil Diamond song scene. How did it work for you two? Well, Be- talking about fantasy, I would like to know how many people have engaged an entire crowd that who they weren't in drag and people loved it that much because I just don't <laughs> believe it. I don't believe that they were gagging for Neil Diamond. But... It worked in the movie somehow. I don't know if it does, but for me, it did. Uh, at first, my gut reaction was, "Oh, this is bad." But by the end of it, I was like, "I'm won over." I kind of this is really sweet and charming. It was why. Well, he's he, he's doing it because the the guy's like, well, just because you came and talked to me doesn't mean you're going to get the loan. And then he hears that Neil Diamond can't make it, and it's his wife's favorite artist. And he decides to, you know, I, I feel like this is kind of like a lovable loser, like, you know, person who's going to be like, oh, I never, I, I never want to do something like this, but I know 
I have a feeling that this is going to work. And, you know, lip syncing to Neil Diamond while wearing something, you know, an outfit he wouldn't wear. And at first, just him lip syncing, I think, is super entertaining because it's David Spade, you know, doing this performance. And then when the uh, asshole French guy, who I also think is very funny in this movie, um, <laughs> the part where he's just naked <laughs> in her apartment. Oh, that, yeah, that got me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when he has to, when, you know, the singers come back and basically he's like, no, I don't want to. Oh, no, no. Oh, God. And luckily he actually knows the lyrics to the song. Um, and they don't, like, try to auto-tune him. It didn't exist, I don't think, yet then. It, it, I believe it David did, Spades. because the Cher oh, really? song, I believe in Life After Love, had already come out. Oh, you're you're definitely right. They should have got Cher on the phone, get that equipment in. I'm sure she was busy. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Uh, but it's just him singing slightly off key, and then when you know everybody starts getting into it, like I, I kind of felt this like this warm feeling in my my body, like like this is fun, and I I'm really having a fun time, and I would be super embarrassed if somebody I knew was doing that, but <laughs> but watching David Spade doing this at a party, no no. Yeah, I thought at the beginning of it, because I do get pretty bad secondhand embarrassment. I hate watching people do things that are embarrassing because I, I feel like I do feel bad for them. It's not a comedy thing. But slowly I just got won over. I don't know what it is. It shouldn't work. And I don't think this should ever be in a movie again. But it it worked. <laughs> it worked. I don't know why. Everything about it, what he was wearing, who he is, the song choice, it just worked. It's so weird theory maybe he works as a lovable loser in this romantic comedy as opposed to every other romantic comedy which usually make me want to roll my eyes to the back of my head because he is not he's not a super handsome guy who just happens to be awkward and nerdy he's david spade and he's doing things, you know, manipulative things and these, you know, crazy things. But he's, he's making people laugh and he's charming himself. And it's it's like, I didn't think, oh, inevitably these two are going to get together because that dude is secretly super handsome or whatever. And that works. I mean, he's not he's not Quasimodo, obviously. Yeah. Not not that there's anything wrong with Quasimodo. I hear he gets around. But <laughs> nah. he's he's not your typical rom-com lead at all. Yeah. yeah, no. Like, I'm sure Hollywood producers told him you're too short to be in a rom-com. Definitely. And they were right. <laughs> Except for this movie. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, if you had like a really hunky guy doing this scene, it would it would just be cringy and awful. It wouldn't be good at all. Yeah. Like it has to be it. Yeah, him. You're right. Could like, it, could Hugh Grant do that? No, but he no, kind of does it in. Okay, he not the same, but a Jace uh, in Love Actually, him dancing around as the Prime Minister. That's like the best part of the movie. Yeah, it's. I actually, I really, I like uh, the girl that he dates too. I think she's the funniest girl in the movie. 
in my opinion, and this has nothing to do with her performance, she's the most attractive person in that movie. And so many people are like, she's fat, and I want to go back in time and and eliminate that. Yeah, I I mean, I remember watching that film when it came out, and I was like, is this is this like a joke in the movie where people are calling her fat, but she, obviously she's not. Like, I, I didn't get it. It was just like, she's really pretty. I don't understand. Not that those are like mutually exclusive things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do I have to say about this, about Lost and Found? <laughs> I, I feel like I might have seen this on like basic cable at some point. It seemed like Probably. a basic cable type of movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it was one of those that was played on like uh, HBO over and over again. I caught it a couple of times back in the day. Like I thought it was good, and I liked it back then. And yeah, so when we did the random picks, I was like, I remember liking it. I bet it's terrible, hmm. but I here I am. I still like it. I probably will watch it again. You yeah, know, uh, uh... within the next year or something, because it it just makes me the movie made me feel good. Yeah, I want more rom-coms. Especially the dog shit scene. (laughs) I want more rom-coms of, like, average, like, actual comedian men instead of, like, hunky dudes. Because, like, when you get an actual comedian, the comedy works a lot better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go go back to the 60s. Walter Matthau playing the romantic lead in all these, you know, kind of semi-romantic movies. And it's like, look at look at this guy's face. There's no way anyone would be like, <laughs> you know, except for you know, God bless him. Neil Breen is the only example I can think of a of a starring hunk with a face that looks like it's been through some stuff. But you know, Neil Breen doesn't get the play. He should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm good. Or, or how are you guys feeling? Uh, okay. good. Do you, th- do you think the failure of this critically discouraged him from like doing more writing, more screenplays, and try and pursue that more? I, I don't see how it would. Because yeah. uh, Jack Black, after Tenacious D movie flopped, he said he gave up. He gave up on screenwriting altogether. And that's a movie. That's like the one Jack Black movie I generally really like. But that is kind of sad hearing, like, it, it crushed his spirit to the point he never wanted to write a screenplay again. Yeah, I th- I, Jack Black in particular, I think, is very hard on himself, you know. Um, and, and Spade probably was like, well, I took a shot and it didn't work, so yeah. people want me to be in these straight comedies. That's I guess I'm going to go back to do that, but... It must have been, I mean, it's a difficult time. Chris Farley yeah. had died not too long ago, and yeah, you got to find your voice and your place you're going to want to be. Yeah, because like the, uh, the next big thing for him, this was a big movie, but like Joe Dirt came next. And like that that was him and him, him and his SNL buddy like working together. Like well, Adam was in it, but Adam like produced it. All right. Yeah, and so like that was probably the start of like, oh, I can just hang out with my with my friends, uh, and make movies with them for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. if you put it into perspective that 
Chris Farley would have passed away, like, what, the year before this? Something like, or was it 97 or 98 that he passed? I feel like it was 97, but I'm not. Because then he's in Dirty Work. Is Dirty Work his last movie and that comes out? Yeah, a year later. Yeah, 98. So then you have this, him writing this and it not being, you know, a huge success or moderate success is, that's a, that's just a lot all at once. That's not to like put it on a down note, but yeah, that's, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could see why you would walk away from yeah. a stressful situation like that. Mm-hmm. And if people are just going to do the jokes that you didn't do in the movie like you can't score that you're too short it's david spade what the hell you know which that's all of the everything that i read from the time were uh, from that time period where people were reviewing it that that is exactly what they said it's just like man the movie is self-aware and doesn't do this stuff like of course everyone else has to call it it's i don't know it's just not surprising yeah, just like the Ebert review of Exorcist Two, which I, mean, I love, but I, I, but like in the review he says like he uh, Linda Blair got fat, her her legs are too chubby. Ugh, in yeah. review, which you cannot like the movie, but don't don't fat shame a child, an actual child. It's <laughs> so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. The weird disconnect where people just think they can just go in on somebody. It's like. Ugh, yeah, that's a whole different thing, but yeah. Yeah, read that review. It's really like, come on, Ebert, you're a grown ass adult. <laughs> you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing this. Ugh, yeah. R- Roger Ebert is not the the god of movie criticism. That like it, it, important to film and criticism, definitely. Was he always right? Fuck no. <laughs> no. Did he always have the best head about him when he was reviewing stuff? Fuck no. He there, was a human being. But there are times, like that, yeah. that is a good example. I can't think of anything else at the top of my head, but there's been a couple that I've read that I'm just like, what the hell was happening that morning when he watched and wrote this? Because like something was up. It's like <clears throat> venom, just spitting venom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on a David Spade meter, Lost and Found. I mean, given that he wrote it and he's actually trying, I'd say probably ten out of ten. Yes, I I feel the only thing I would I, I'd say nine out of ten for me because the only thing I feel is that because this is not a hundred percent straight comedy. You know, there are those sensitive scenes and they work incredibly well for him. I'm. Maybe, maybe, okay, 9.5. It's as close to a perfect as we might get. What is the perfect David Spade vehicle? Just his life. <laughs> I don't, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. I. You guys are making me feel bad. I, well, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it all works. I was so stunned. I, like I said, I rewatched part of it today just because I was like, I, I was trying to think of like, is this really as funny as I thought it was? Was I just tired when I watched it? It's like, no, it actually works. It's weird. It shouldn't work at all. The bathroom humor is disgusting, but it, I still giggled. Oh, uh, I just remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the scene where the dog... I don't remember if the what's going on with the dog, but they start playing uh, 
Groove is in the heart, delight, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It gets and David high. Spade is like dressed funky, wearing sunglasses, but he doesn't like dance. He's just kind of like holding his arms out. I was like, why isn't he dancing? And then at the end of the movie, oh, oh okay. It's he the dog. Wally gives him like a whole box of like fruity pebbles or something, right? And he's oh. just like on a sugar high. Yeah. And he's laying there next to his vomit. Just <laughs> tripping balls. Yeah. So was Wally. <laughs> yeah. Um, normally that end, the end sequence song thing, like I, I can't help but think of uh, something about Mary, which I've never, that personally, I, that movie is like, I hate that movie. Uh, what? Because it's gross. Oh, okay. It's a gross movie. It's, it's, it, it, it's, you know, it is very gross. It's uh, Yeah. And it's a mean movie. It's a fucking mean movie. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, Kingpin is their best movie. That's, that's a, also a mean movie. <laughs> but uh, uh, Kingpin is hilarious. I, I kind of want to rewatch something about Mary because it's been a long time. I didn't like it, but it's just one of those things I'm I'm curious. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to begrudge anyone who likes the movie or anything like that. Personally, that's that's just the way I, I feel about yeah. it. Uh, what I was getting at is at the end when they're singing um, uh, whatever, Buttercup. Oh, I don't yeah. know who that song's by. Mm-hmm. I don't... That didn't work for me the way that Groove in the Heart works at the end, and I don't know if it's just me being weirdly <laughs> petty. Uh, uh, like, I don't know. The, 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 the guy at the jewelry store was having fun. Uh, the guy, the people at the bank, and then getting... Like I said, getting to see... David Spade dancing and even like Sophie Marceau and the 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 quote unquote evil French guy I'm quoting myself um, whatever <laughs> uh, you know dancing in the park and stuff like that like I don't know if it, it felt like fun mm-hmm. and yeah, I like it much like the lip syncing scene like that for whatever reason I don't I don't understand why so much of this works but it does it yeah it's not cringy at all it's sweet it seems like everyone got along which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before we close out, if anyone knows if Andre Zlowski visited a set or met David Spade, <laughs> I, can you send me an article or or like an interview or something? Because I, I need to know if Zlowski crossed path with this movie in any way. I'm I'm not as familiar with their his work. Would you say any of the scenes felt kind of like a like the, there was the scene where Sophie Marceau was going to the the famous Los Angeles subway mm-hmm. and she <laughs> had a miscarriage and started spilling milk all over herself. But uh, I didn't think that was a direct reference. I just thought that was you know what was going on. No, I mean, was David's no David Spade wasn't like a a, a sex monster or anything. So I don't know. I wonder I mean, if there's even pictures of them like at the premiere. Yeah, I was wondering that. I'm wondering would she, if would she bring him along, or was it too dangerous? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he he hated a lot of movies, so I I I wonder if he like thought it was too stupid to even bother. Oh yeah, he, it sounds like something like I'm not going to go see that stupid movie. I'm an artist. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he kind of was like that <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Rest in peace, Zulowski. You were a genius. <laughs> Rest in peace, Zlowski. You weren't very fun. 
He made good but movies. But he made some good movies. Yeah. Just like John Cassavetes. Who was not fun. No. But made good movies. Uh, yeah. Next, next episode is the previously mentioned Joe Dirt, Mel's pick. <laughs> and I'm excited. Uh, I used to like this movie. It's got Christopher Walken in it. Uh, what else do I need to know? I mean, what else do you need to know? Spencer? Uh, I've seen this movie a lot. It was one of the first DVDs I bought for myself. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, oh, man. According to Letterbox, Joe Dirt has been seen less times than Hotel, all the Hotel Transylvanias, uh, Jack and Jill, of course those ones, even Benchwarmers has been seen more times than I, Joe Dirt. I don't how believe do we, that. How do, yeah, I was going to say, how do we have the numbers on this? Who crunched the math? Uh, it's just based on how many people have marked it as watched on Letterboxd. So I don't know just, that just, everybody that is in the, this isn't, you know, like what you like, but I don't know that everyone that loves Joe Dirt is booking it into on Letterboxd. Letterboxd, yeah. Uh, they should be. <laughs> we gotta get those numbers up. Oh, shit. David Spade was in the Entourage movie. Ah. <laughs> of course he was. For, okay, I tried to find pictures of the red carpet. The only thing I can find is David Spade holding the dog from the movie, which is nice. Oh. He looks great. The dog and David Spade. <laughs> it's hard to make a dog look bad. <laughs> it's good to know that David Spade. I just sent a picture of Rob Schneider and Ab Sandler at the premiere. They're at the premiere? Yeah. Let's see. They're they're friends, obviously. Like I'm sure they came out to support their buddy. Yeah. That's good. I don't I don't know how the relationship works. David Spade was like, hey man, I made a new movie. And Adam Sandler was like, silent slave. <laughs> I'll tell you when you make a new movie. In two years with Joe Dirt, I'm going to produce it. Mm. All right. Uh, uh, so where can people find you guys? Like, uh, literally. They're, hun they're hunting for you. <laughs> piano Player Pod on Twitter. Uh, shows on hi hiatus for... A month or two? I don't know. Mm -hmm. When when we record enough slash work out some uh, life stuff, we'll get back into it. Yeah. Okay. It's on hiatus. Like, please don't send me in outer spaces, which it's been like three years now. <laughs> Although, when's the last episode you did for that? Has uh, it been three years? It's been a long time. I mean, and I, I don't think it's if it ever resumes, I don't think it's going to be in the same way it was because I, it, I, I, yeah, you never know what Aaron's going to be able to do. I mean, uh, just to clarify, I am not becoming a father. Are you? And I, as far as I know, Joel's sure. not becoming a father. So you just came back from Florida. What did you leave behind? Nothing. I spent. I spent a lot, a lot of time with a two, two-year-old and a three-year-old. Trust me, I, I, I'm pretty set. I, I don't want kids right now. All right. 
I believe you this time. I'm sorry, Mel. Where where can they find you? At Plastic Werewolf on all social media. Mm-hmm. Listen to Cinema Parlor to get the references to uh, the other people that are on that podcast. That's true. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, you want to listen to me? Piano Player Pod is... I'm on that podcast. JDT Movies on Twitter. Please Don't Send Me Outer Space is a science fiction podcast that I had done previously with my partner and uh, my other partner, Aaron. Although I haven't seen him in a while. Um, and there's like a hundred, over 150 episodes to crawl through of science fiction fantasy stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, Aaron uh, is, is busy being a responsible father now. Too busy a podcast. Yeah. Like we were, we were gonna play Nintendo, and he's just he's not even picking up the phone. I call his mom or something. I feel like this has taken a turn against fathers. I hate fathers. It's <laughs> <No>. specifically <laughs> podcast anti father. Uh, yeah. Uh, once again, if you uh, feel like contributing to our effort for a single dollar, one dollar a month. Uh, patreon.com slash aim podcast you can get access to a couple of episodes that are exclusively on there um you get a code to put into your podcast feed so that it'll automatically download whenever a new one comes out and a new episode will come out whenever we finish our four-part series uh so right now we're already at number two that could be any second yeah uh and uh in case people are wondering for Shoots Piano Player, uh, we are going. We are recording our uh, traditional Richard Gear episode because for some reason Richard Gear fits into every season we have done so far organically. Gonna have to figure out how to get him in the the next season. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure. Ha- I'm sure we'll figure it out. He made. He, yeah, he has so many connections with his movies. I'm sure I can find some connection. Definitely. <laughs> uh, the movie for this season is he did a re- he starred in a remake of Breathless, made in the '80s. So. Yep. We're gonna have to. It was cover. like if somebody watched Breathless and thought that the interesting character was not the woman, and uh, that was a mistake. Uh, I don't want to get into it. It'll be on the podcast. Yeah. Hey, thanks thanks for joining me again, guys. It's always fun casting with you. And uh, as for the listeners, we'll uh, see you next time.